We got a weekend ahead of us. Yeah. Good, good morning, Brian. How are you? I got a little bubble gut, but I'm all right. A little bubble gut. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's what. Uh, that's how Trey Matthews, safety for Auburn, described the, the anxiety you feel before a big game. He called it bubble gut. Yeah. We used to call it nervous energy, anxiety, but he called it bubble gut. Yeah. I got a different type of bubble gut. Oh, okay. It's I bubbling. Gonna, I was going to say you're anxious about something. No, you're nervous I, yeah, about the show. I, I may have to run out of here. Let's just say that. All right. I got you. I remember you Don't being worry. in that uh, I've been situation. In, I, Trust me, I know. Mm. And mm. if the shoe was on the other foot, I would mm. I would do the same for you. I'm going to do the same for you if you need it. So if I just sprint past you, you know what's I'll going know. on. I'll know. Just, I'll yeah. just, and for the audience, if you hear just me for a while, mm. you know why. The bubble gun Number bubble two. Yeah, yeah, I won't even have to explain it to you. I'll just keep going, you know? <laughs> just keep going. Uh, Number three. It may be. It, quite, it could be. Or Sometimes. Four. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. if it's a, if it's a uh, four. Hopefully you, it just takes... One time, but right. you never know. If it's a four, just go home. <laughs> just go home. Just keep gotta, going. <laughs> it's a four. Number five. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. That's when then he's dead. The show is over by yeah, then, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I it's mean, dead. You get to five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so last night there was a Thursday night football game between two usually exciting teams, and yeah. it turned into a little bit of a boring game. What so, was the over-under on that bad boy? You know, I'm not sure, but there's no way that they hit it with a 2017 nope. final with the Falcons coming back and winning after Matt Ryan threw multiple interceptions, and we will talk about that game coming up after Bogus's update. But, you know, quite honestly, it wasn't all that interesting of a football game, and I was angry at myself as the clock was getting later and I was still <laughs> locked into that garbage but um so anyway the more interesting thing to me was what happened in Cleveland yesterday and it's another instance of the Browns making a change with either a coach or management and as we said at the time when they brought in Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown and people were talking about how Sashi Brown was this rising smart man that was going to be able to help this team turn it around and an analytical approach, and how Hugh Jackson was the right guy for the job, and this was going to be different. We sat here and said it will not be different until we see it be different, and smart people go there, and they end up becoming dumb people. And it seems like it happened again as Jimmy Haslam had no patience, and that's really the biggest story here is Jimmy Haslam's inability to have any sort of patience in seeing how these things play out. Now, of course, winning one game in a couple of years is embarrassing, but you're starting to build a little bit of a defense. You've got some young talent. You've got a ton of picks. You should at least, if you have a little bit of faith in this guy, hang on for another year, see what happens, have a little patience. But he does not. He moves on. They bring in John Dorsey, who is well-respected. He was last with the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and people believe that now this is the guy, the smart guy who's had success at a different place is going to come in and change things. John Dorsey, welcome to hell because <laughs> you have gone from well-respected man to mm. joke yesterday, and that's just the way it is <laughs> no, with Cleveland. I don't think you can give him that grade just yet. You have to let his feet hit the ground, and let's see what his draft picks look like. Let's see what free agent signings he has and how he reshapes this roster. So essentially what Jimmy Haslam has done here, and I'm going to give him a pass on this one because you've had, you said two years, and you've won one ball game. So you've had plenty of time to see how Sashi Brown and that front office led by Sashi Brown wants to go about amassing a roster and putting together a football team that can do better than its predecessor. And it hasn't 
come out smelling like roses. So I'm going to give Jimmy Haslam a pass. Mm-hmm. More than almost two years, and this is all you have to show for your work, all this good money I'm paying you, no. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon, so I'm going to give him a pass here. Now, as far as John Dorsey, what the Cleveland Browns have now said with this move is that we tried the new way. We tried that new stuff. The, the new technology and the uh, analytics and all that good stuff with Sashi Brown. And, and we're going to go back to old school. John Dorsey's of the old school. He led scouting departments. He's been the director of player personnel and different stops. Green Bay, you mentioned uh, Kansas City last. And the guy played the game. So he's old school. They're going to go back to the old school way of doing this. And now as far as Hugh Jackson and his fate, I think he's going to last. I don't, I don't think he and Sashi Brown were, were jiving. No, they or, weren't. Or no. he would have gone as well. This would have been a package deal. Both of y'all are going to be shown the door. It was a battle. Yeah. yeah and, and definitely. And so Hugh Jackson of the old school mind now can partner with John Dorsey, who's come out of some pretty good front offices, mainly Green Bay. And, and so now let's see how this works going forward. I think you're going to see a different – uh, set of circumstances as far as how they do business. And here's the last thing I'll say, G. Yeah. When you're sitting there and you're watching Carson Wentz, you're watching Jared Goff, mm-hmm. two guys you could have had. I know. Two guys who were having a ton of success in their I... second year in the league, and you're watching them, and you're still mired in futility over here. Someone's got to pay for that. Yeah, I understand. It is the quarterback position that has eluded them for the longest time, and that's the biggest reason they're in the situation they're in is nobody's been able to figure that out. But I just can't think that the Browns are finally going to make that hire that changes things because we've seen it. It's the same old story, whether it was Mike Lombardi or Joe Banner or Sashi Brown or Hugh Jackson, and people were even excited about Mike Pettin was going to be a great head coach and have been overlooked in a defensive guy. I mean, they just bring in all these guys, and and you think uh, Chudzinski. I, oh, this is the hot coordinator. The Browns got the hot coordinator. And Rob Chudzinski. All these guys go there, and they just fall apart to a pile of turds, and then it <laughs> happens all over again. So, yeah, on paper, you look at this if you're John Dorsey, and you're like, okay, there's going to be a couple of jobs that are open, I know for a fact, with the general manager. I know for a fact, because I'm talking to Jimmy Haslam right now, that he's going to end up firing Sashi Brown, so I can go and take that job if I want. Or I could go to the New York Giants, who just fired their general manager and Jerry Reese, and it's obviously a much better organization. And if you take Giants and Browns off of those resumes, and you look and you go, oh, man, wow. Look at all these draft picks that we got. Look at this defense that's rounded into shape. Wow, and there's a coach here that's in place that's well-respected that I like. I'm going to go there. But it's the Browns. So there, no matter what it looks like, it will end in disappointment. It's just the way it no, is, no, man. No, no, At some point, it has it to end. It will not. It's At not some point, gonna. it has to end. Not with that owner. I'm going to put my money on it right now. It's going to end with John Dorsey and Hugh oh, Jackson. Yeah, okay. It's going to end. You hear me, Cleveland Browns fans? It's over. It's, a new day is oh, upon you. Jeez, I really a wish. A new day is upon you right now. Okay, you have a football guy picking football players, not as Rich Gannon said a couple of CBS broadcasts ago, that you have a baseball guy picking football players. Yeah, I mean, listen, they had Paul D. Podesta in that yep. front office, and I think people blew that up more than it was. 
I think they they brought him in to be a smart guy, not to make baseball decisions. And you know, I don't even know did he get fired yesterday? Is, or is he still there? I think he's still there now. So okay, but uh, everybody I mean, you just mentioned, all the guys, uh, the previous front office guys, maybe their football acumen wasn't what it needed to be. Not all of them are built the they same. Have success everywhere else. Okay. But, no, Mike Lombardi is like he. All right, everybody <laughs> hires him to be an analyst because they think he's great. The Patriots brought him back. He was on Ballers. You think about all these things that Mike Lombardi's done since he's left Listen, the Browns. I was on Ballers, guys. I mean, think about it. I have credibility. I mean, like Mike Lombardi's like been with Belichick. When he's with Belichick, he's a he's a genius. And of course, when he goes to the Browns, he's not. I mean, the Browns, think about that. How about Belichick? Well, maybe he needed Belichick. Maybe he needed someone like that. Maybe he needed someone, some of the other pieces yeah. that are existent. Bill Belichick went there and office. couldn't even do it. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you. <laughs> even though he did have a one playoff year and then they moved They're getting back stuff. to playoffs next year. I'm calling my shot. Next year? I'm calling my shot. Stop it. <laughs> Why I have to stop it? I'm calling my shot. Next year? I'm calling it. Write it down. Take a picture. They're gonna, y'all can remind me next year. All right? If we can find you. If you can find me. <laughs> yeah. Remind me. We're going to have to put one of those chips in you, like when you get a new dog. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> has that chip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Home again. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do that on the last no, day no, of the no, show. No, 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 You're find no, out where you are. I have no. a little app on the phone. Where's Brian? <laughs> nope. None yeah. of that. I don't want to be fouled. Yeah. Deep, I, deep undercover. I know that everybody's saying that they love Dorsey, and I know that Dorsey's looking at this and saying all these draft picks, I just can't screw it up with all these draft picks. But also, let's not forget this. This draft, and people are starting to really delve deep into it now because there's so many teams that are mathematically eliminated from the postseason in the NFL or they're just not good enough to believe that they're going to have some sort of run this year in the postseason. But people are looking at the draft. And there's the quarterbacks at the top that you just don't know exactly if they're coming out or right. not. There was some Josh right. Rosen news that wasn't really news that he was tweeting about. It. You don't know that. And then if you listen to some of the experts, the talent pool in this draft is like they're not loving it right no, now. No. They're not loving it. I can see that. I mean, I'm seeing and hearing stuff and reading stuff like this could be the least amount of talent in a draft in the last decade. Mm. So now, what does it matter? If what you position got, are we talking about? I mean, overall? across the board. Ah. Across the board. I would say, you, you probably could say that at the wide receiver position. There are two that stand out in my mind, James Washington and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Washington, Oklahoma State, Calvin Ridley at Alabama. Those guys are as good as any that have uh, possibly come out, especially James Washington. Uh, and then you, you look at the running backs with Love and, and Barkley and, and Geis and, and Freeman and Ronald Jones. Uh, the 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 second, uh, you know, those guys are are damn good, and I think they would probably get first round grades. Uh, you know, you go down from there. Uh, okay, you know, o- offensive line, no one is really bursting uh, through the seams and and, mm-hmm. and and saying draft me other than the big tackle at Oklahoma, Orlando Brown, and of course his father, uh, the late Orlando Brown, uh, died. You know, defensive end Bradley Chubb. Uh, clearly the, the favorite coming out, but you don't have a ton of guys on the D-line like we've had in years past. So, okay, I, I go, I'm, I'm with you. I'm <laughs> right, well, there you go. A little bit. There's some there's sprinkled about in, in, in this year's draft, but you don't really have a ton of sexy picks. Even you look at the defensive backs, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, excellent, can play everywhere. And Derwin James, who just announced there at Florida State, uh, he, he's a, he's going to be a first-rounder. But, okay, you win. Yeah. Well, All right. 
You know, I think that uh, once Jerry Reese got fired, Jimmy Haslam called him up and said, hey, Jerry, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing okay. All right, talk to you later. Hug up the phone, and that was the Rooney Rule. That was the Rooney Rule? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we happened. We just had one of yous up in here. <laughs> Didn't go too well. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I bet you Haslam, I could just see Haslam with his southern accent that he has. He's got a good southern accent. But we just had a black general manager. So I don't think we have to worry about the Rooney Rule for this particular hire. I think we can just go white guy just immediately and not have to worry about it. And if anybody calls, I'll just say, we just had a one. We just had a black guy. That's what, that's what, that's what I'll tell them. Yeah. It's too soon for another. Right. We, we got what, two, three, four years? If you, okay, cool. If you cool. think we're going back to back mm. black, you got something else coming. Okay. Ain't no Drake. Back to back going on in here, okay? Yeah, and there ain't no meat meal. Everybody's freaking out because it's the classic how can you retain a coach and then hire a new general manager that didn't hire that coach? Like, that is, but you would think that if Dorsey's taking this job and these conversations were happening, because there's no way that they fired Sashi Brown and then Jimmy Haswell's like, okay, let's start a search. No. This was this was probably happening at like week eight. Go back to uh, it was a few weeks ago when the Bengals were playing the Browns pregame, and I'm watching NFL Today on CBS, and they're showing uh, Hugh Jackson there in Cincinnati talking to uh, AJ McCarron. Court the botched trade between those two teams, yeah. and Jimmy Haslam was on the field as well, mm. and they were shucking it up, man, like. Dude, we love you. Sorry, it didn't go down, and all this. No, Sashi Brown nowhere to be seen mm. in that that uh, that uh, scene right there. And, and it was just amazing. I'm watching this, and, and Haslam and Hugh Jackson look like they were the best of buds, and they're talking to this guy that could have been a Cleveland Browns player. Hmm. It, it was just, it was different. I am not used to seeing that where the owner and, and and the head coach are talking to opposing player as if that's their best bud. Yeah. And so maybe those two. Just from watching uh, that camera shot, maybe those they're jiving, and they t- collectively pushed Sashi Brown out because he and Hugh Jackson were not getting along. Well, it sounds like it, and and Dorsey would have to sign off on Hugh Jackson remaining there is what it sounds like uh, in taking this job. But if I was Hugh Jackson, I mean, I wouldn't stick around there. If they if they ended up firing Marvin Lewis, I would go right back to Cincinnati and try to be the head coach there. Just get the hell out, man. Get out. Like you're, he was in. <laughs> And it was two jobs you probably couldn't turn down in the Raiders and the Browns. But he went to two places that could not have been worse run at the time. Yeah. Because you had the Al Davis death in the year that Hugh Jackson was the coach in Oakland. And there was a transition period. No one knew what the hell was going on. And no one was stepping up to take the bull by the horns, whatever you want to say. And then also, you know, with the Browns, we, we know all their ineptitude. Just get out. Like, you're a better coach yeah. than this. Like, you got to – yeah, you won the battle with Sashi Brown. Just leave. And, and it'd probably be better for the Browns, too, because, I mean, Dorsey's probably thinking this is a great spot for me to be able to shine. I got all these picks, but – I mean, does he really love Hugh nope. Jacks? I mean, he's, he's not his Jimmy guy. Jimmy hasn't. got to keep one around, okay? Can't get rid of both at the same time, all right? That's, that's another I'm thing. Try, I'm trying to throw him off the scent. Yeah, all right? I mean, it all kidding aside. We love one. We can't stand the other. Right, if you think about it, I mean, Jimmy Haslam would have, like, a decent point. Like, all right, listen, I, I hired a black coach and a black general manager. <laughs> what else you want me to do? Like, can hey, I, come on. Can all you right? give me a Rooney Rule pass this okay. time around? I kept one, all right? Yeah, seriously. They right. both stink, but I killed one. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. 
<laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. So you think it's over, and I think it's going to continue with the Browns. It's over. A new day in Cleveland. No, it'll continue. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, you Dor- watch. Dorsey right now is just feeling different. He's like, oh, man, my back hurts. I got a headache. <laughs> As soon as he walked into the facility, <laughs> throws a little scratchy. I don't know what's going on. Anybody know where I parked my car? Oh, my goodness. He's in the Twilight Zone. Hey, John, what's your phone number? Uh, it's, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. He's just slowly deteriorating <laughs> mentally as he becomes the Browns general manager. It is over. Name it and claim it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Are the Browns going to continue to be the biggest joke in sports? Or will this next regime with John Dorsey turn it around? 855-212-4227. We'll come right back. But first, listen to Brian. That's right. Brian Jones here, and here's the deal. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. I wonder if it's for bubblegut. Probably not. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. I can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of the people who ordered a three-week quick start for only $19.95 go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And it's 100% drug-free, honestly. If lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. I am the standard when it comes oh, to Oh, you pitch. are the standard. There's no Whatever doubt about it. I am. I had a. I told you that first year. You didn't believe me. You're the standard. I've I've always won the picks. You didn't win that first year. I know, and that was just an aberration. Oh, that, but it was. Uh, I was on the wrong oh. side of variance that, that year. But this go. year and the year, well, last year and this year, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been rocking chair for me. Rocking chair. <laughs> He's in the rocking chair. And then you. Who said, well, put your money where your mouth is last week. Well, you boasted po- poking your chest out. Put some money down on it. Yeah, I don't know why I was scared to do that. I Actually, I know why I was scared because that's the way it always works yep, out. Exactly. Where, where there I am, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, <laughs> yep. I'm rolling. And then the one week I'm like, okay, Brian, let's uh, put some money on this. And then I'd be a mess. But, of course, I didn't. And I would have won. So, well, actually, no. My decision to not bet you on that actually won games for teams because that's how much power my picks have. See, I would have lost to you in the picks if I had put money on it. So listen to me. That's just the joy of winning, Greg. Yes. He See, that voice, he would put money on it. <laughs> he puts money on a lot of stuff. <laughs> no one gambles quite like Charles Barkley. That's uh, what you said. I know one or two people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bogish. Up, hey. hey, guys. How are you today? Good. You feeling better? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You sick? Just a little bit of a cold yesterday, a little post-nasal drip. <laughs> Bogus Ugh. gets sick a lot. Gross. Bogus. Not, this not, is Bogus' sick season here. It is. But, Ugh. I mean, not like stay home from work sick, but like annoying sick. And this is because your children, right? They get you I sick? I feel like it's their fault. Yeah. I don't know if it actually scientifically is, but I'm going to blame them. <laughs> yeah, because you out of all of us are sick the most and you're the only one that has children that live in your house yeah again i'm not going to go with sick just not at peak performance peak level. level yeah all right okay well let's go with that 
Very good. What do you got for us? Uh, I got a pair of Drew Brees touchdown passes helping the Saints take a 17-10 lead into the fourth quarter in Atlanta last night, but New Orleans needed a third to win the game. Tight end, two receivers right, one receiver to the left. Ingram in the backfield with Brees. Snap to him. Brees shoots it. End zone intercepted! Oh, my goodness! Deion Jones! With a leaping pick in the end zone to seal a 2017 Falcon win. West Durham called it on Falcons radio, and Breeze immediately regretted it. Shouldn't have thrown it. Um, guy made a nice play, but um, not, not worth taking the risk right there, especially when you know you got points. You know, it's not like you have to have a touchdown. A field goal would have tied the game. The Saints now lead the Falcons by just one game with Carolina in between in the NFC South. Not only did the Saints lose last night, but stud rookie running back Alvin Kamara suffered a concussion on the first series of the night, and three defensive starters were lost to injury as well. All in one day, the Browns fired executive VP Sashi Brown and hired John Dorsey as GM. The Chiefs won 43 games from 2013 through 16, with Dorsey running their front office in Cleveland. He inherits six extra picks in April's draft. Oklahoma QB Baker Mayfield won the AP Player of the Year, the Maxwell Trophy, and the Davey O'Brien Awards, the nation's top QB last night. Alabama's Minka Fitzpatrick named the best overall defender and top defensive back, and Hook'em, the Ray Guy Award for best punter, went to Texas's Michael Dixon. Dick, that's my dog! That's my, do- that's my new dog! Yeah. <laughs> that's Michael all we Dixon. got. He was the only consistent player all season. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Punter. Way to we go, can't punter. Thrower, play defense, in Deshaun Elliott. Deshaun Elliott, he, he, I think he tied for the lead in interceptions in that secondary, but uh, good job, Dixon. I'm going to miss the predictions of Texas football and how excited you get at the beginning of the year and then watching it fall apart in September next year. <laughs> That's always my favorite part of the year. What, you know? me crumble? I, I think we're going to get 9 of 10. Yeah. I think we get 9 yeah, of 10. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 go tackle in the bottom. <laughs> Hook him by God. He's wearing the punter's jersey yeah. in December. Yeah. 340 yards rushing you give up in the first half? <laughs> I've never seen something like that before. But hey. boy can punt. Hey, punters are people too. <laughs> uh, the Sixers finally unloaded Jaleel Okafor yesterday, sending mm. him, guard Nick Stauskas, and a future second-round pick to the Nets. For veteran forward Trevor Booker, then those Sixers lost to the Lakers. Ingram to Lonzo, drives to the basket, back to Ingram, three-pointer for the win. It's good! It's good! Brandon Ingram buries it! 0.8 on the clock. John Ireland, Lakers, Radio LA, a 107-104 win in Philly. The Rockets, a 112-101 win in Utah. That's eight straight, 14 wins in 15 outings for Houston James Harden, 29 points. The Nets beat the Thunder, 195 in Mexico City. And the Wizards, a 109-99 win over the Suns in Phoenix. The Seattle Mariners acquiring D. Gordon from the Marlins for three prospects. Gordon will move from second base to center field. Seattle also getting more international pool money, presumably to go to Shohei Otani. College shoes number 21, Purdue smacked Valpo, 80-50 in the NHL. That is, the Sharks mm. got by the Hurricanes, 5-4. In overtime, St. Louis blanked Dallas 3-0, and the Penguins a 4-3 OT win over the Islanders. Boys? All right, Bogish, thanks. So a lot of interceptions last night. Matt Ryan threw three of them, and two were just disgusting passes that he was trying to force into Julio Jones, one in the end zone. And uh, Chris Collinsworth, who 
know, people get on Collinsworth for hating on their team because that's what everybody does because they're not used to a national broadcaster maybe being critical of their home team. But, you know, he really does a nice job in telling the truth. I mean, I think that he's one of the – he is right now, in my opinion, the the best color commentator. Maybe Tony Romo takes that mantle at some point. But uh, to me, it's Chris Collinsworth. And he was crushing Matt Ryan's throws. I mean, just absolutely terrible. And he said, it's bizarre what's happened to Matt Ryan – this year after having that MVP season that, you know, he makes throws like that. There's been a couple of dropped interceptions. He said going into the game, it was funny. He had 10 interceptions. Two were his fault. He went back and looked at all of them. And then two last night were distinctly his fault on Thursday night football. And also the other big story that comes out of it is the Falcons come back and that sort of changes the outlook of the NFC for the moment was the injuries. And I, I Alvin Kamara has been so dynamic for them that when he went out, I thought at that point the Saints were going to be done because mm-hmm. of everything he's mm-hmm. done for them offensively, and it didn't necessarily work out like that because it was a close game and that pick in the end zone, and they could have tied the game with the field goal. But when he went out with that concussion and several other injuries happened, and that really was was it for the New Orleans Saints. Well, Alvin Kamara, the second play of the game, the first play it was a power running game with Mark Ingram, and uh, he, he picks up about eight or nine yards, and then Kamara, the next play, he's got about 16, 17 yards uh, himself, and then Deion Jones, who had a well of a game, has been playing great as a rookie last year out of LSU, and again this year clocks him uh, squarely on in, in the head, and, and he's out of that ball game. And 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 you know you talk about the picks, amazingly for for Matt Ryan, he, he's done this a couple of times, three picks in a ball game, and, and Atlanta somehow finds a way to win the ball game. So the defense picks him up, or he'll write himself late in the ball game as he did in this one, hitting uh, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, and then they get the field goal, but 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 you know going back to the the late interception by Drew Brees, and as he said, should not have thrown that ball. It looked like I didn't see the all twenty two, but it looked like they were playing a cover two, and you saw Deion Jones drop straight back, and so many linebackers they they don't play that particular coverage correctly, especially when you get down there in the goal line, and he did it. Uh, spot on how you're coached to do it. Just went straight back, was right in the throwing lane, and and made the the catch. But the ball should not have been thrown. You saw about three or four Falcons in the picture there, and and, and one Saints player. Uh, so a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball, and unfortunately for the Saints, uh, who still are a game up on the on the Falcons, and they'll see them here in a couple weeks, about 17 days. Uh, you know they didn't get the victory in this, but I love those uniforms the Saints were wearing. Oh, yeah, man, those are great. The red pants for the Falcons, I didn't love, nah. but those Saints uniforms. Ooh. Are great. They don't drive with the helmet, but, you know, who cares? You know, I I really think, though, that after watching this game and watching the Vikings go in and beat the Falcons and seeing the Eagles lose, I mean, it really does bolster the Vikings' position in this conference. And it's it's getting scary now uh, how good of a spot that they are in. It it, it really is, (laughs) but that's a story for... Another day, and I, I still think Atlanta. Even you're, though the, you're funny when you talk about the Vikings, I can just tell, I can just sense you, you're sitting there. It's it's scary. You're just waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for something bad to happen. You're yeah. waiting for them to morph into the Cleveland Browns. Well, there's there's real reasons for that, other than their history, though. I mean, there there are well, one because there's great teams in the NFC. They're playing in the best conference, yeah, yeah. and they've got a quarterback that has been playing amazingly well, but. The odds of him continuing that still, to me, are very large. I don't think that they are. I don't think that's a likely scenario. It just it just doesn't happen this way. I mean, when was the last time that a guy like that who'd been in multiple stops somewhere went on some sort of crazy run like this and <clears throat> got to a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl? I mean, these journeymen 
quarterbacks like that. It doesn't happen like this anymore. So uh, I'm thinking of Jake Delon, but Jake was with us in New Orleans. Then he goes to Carolina, and, and so I don't think there was a stop in between. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, and that was a Super Bowl loss. I mean, Rex right. Grossman was a guy who was bad, eh. got to a Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's been a long – the guys who win Super Bowls are the best of the best. I mean, the worst one since Brad Johnson in 2002 has been Joe Flacco. Uh-huh. And that season he was mm-hmm. could have been the best quarterback mm-hmm. in football. I got you. But let, let's juxtapose the Vikings schedule with, say, the Eagles schedule because we were talking about how uh, they really hadn't beaten any of the top-tier teams. The Vikings have. You, you beat the Rams. You, you beat the Saints. You beat the Falcons. Uh, you, you beat the Falcons. You got the Panthers it, this week. You right. can maybe beat them. Yeah, you may be, maybe you can beat the Panthers, but you beat the, the Falcons in their home, in their backyard. And, and the other two, the Rams and, and the uh, Saints, of course, you caught the, caught the Saints early for that defense that really solidified itself, but you beat them there on your home turf. So you've gotten some of the uh, the better teams. You beat the Ravens, a team that's looking in exceptionally yeah. uh, well right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, that that one not as impressive to me. But you know what's going to happen, right, is Aaron Rodgers is going to get healthy. They're somehow going to squeak into the playoffs, right? Yep. So they're 6-6 six and six now. They've got the Browns. You beat the Packers. You knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the game. Yeah, but I make the, I've make been talking about Teddy Bridgewater coming back and the Vikings having a home Super Bowl game, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what really will happen is you've got Brett Hundley's last start, presumably right now, with the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is ready to return in Week 15, right. they say. So they play the Browns. They're six and six right now. So they'll get to seven and six. Rodgers will come back. They'll win the rest of their games, including beating the Minnesota Vikings because they've got one more game with them. Yep. So that'll happen. They'll they'll squeak into the six seed. The Vikings will catch them in the Vikings are the one seed. They'll catch them in the divisional round, and then they'll lose to the Packers. And it'll be the worst possible scenario you could have imaginable. Like that's how the Viking story goes. You think that this is your season because you knocked Aaron Rodgers out, and then he'll come back with the cape on, and then <laughs> they're going to knock him out again. Yeah, don't come well, back, Aaron Rodgers. Don't think about it. Man, I don't or know. You can think about it. Just don't do it. Yeah. The Falcons, man, I tell you, I really stu- do, still do think that you know they should be a favorite in this conference. And it's funny because they, they played good defense against the Vikings for the most part. That was a low-scoring game. They played decent defense yeah. last night even with the Kamara injury. you got to factor that in. But it seems like they continually have these great individual performances defensively but never can consistently put it together. Like whether it's Vic Beasley or Desmond Trufant or last night when it's uh, Deion Jones and you think about Adrian Claiborne's game against right. – the Cowboys, yeah. like they have these unbelievable individual performances, and you're like, man, this defense, watch out. But then collectively, they're never consistent enough to make you really believe. And last year was in spurts too, and of course we saw what happened to them in the second half of the Super Bowl. So if they can ever get all those guys together and then Matt Ryan's not throwing passes like he was last night, they still, to me, are the best team in the conference. Right. Coming off the loss to the Vikings, they win versus a, a, a division foe, the Saints, last night. Now they've got you know about 10 days off, and they have a Monday night game versus the Buccaneers. You would expect them to win that game they on better. the road. Yeah. Then they go back on the road to, to New Orleans. That's going to be a tough mm. affair. And, and then they close out the season at home. 
uh, with the Falcons. Uh, they so, play themselves. I'm sorry with the yeah yeah. <laughs> See who's he? That's a tough spot for them. <laughs> I mean, who are you going to choose with the Panthers? Excuse me. <laughs> they have the Panthers. These schedule makers, man. Every year they drop the ball. How are you going to pit us against ourselves, dog? Come on. <laughs> Last game of the season, we're tired. <laughs> right, Mike. Mike says it's a pick'em game. <laughs> exactly. Who you got? Dude? I'm gonna take the Falcons. You can't take the Falcons. I take the Falcons. That's a pick you can actually win. <laughs> So, so you you look at my point is these next three ball games, I I could see them possibly going one and two in them. Mm -hmm. They're running the table. You think they run the table? They're running the table. No, they won't win at New Orleans. Definitely won't win there. Well, we'll see how serious some of these injuries were. I mean, Kamara, you expect with a concussion. It's funny, you know, concussions in the NFL, guys come back quicker. You get a concussion in the NHL, sometimes those guys are out weeks and weeks and weeks and, and miss a long time. It's different how they that... They don't have as much padding. I suppose. But then again, you, you look at the rate of speed that these guys are colliding with a, a, another player and the, the the body types that are colliding. So I guess that would... Uh, or, uh, that would right there is a huge distinction from what occurs in hockey. Not to say they're not flying around at a, a high rate of speed, they are, uh, but a uh, lot, lot more mass that's colliding at the NFL level. Coming up next, Falcons versus the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> a pronunciation mind blower. Trust me, we're coming right back. Give us a call right now. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. For many years now, since Bill Belichick has been a guy that we talk about seemingly every week during the NFL season, we always say his name the same way. Everybody does. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Do you say it any differently than that? Belichick. No, you don't, is the answer. So Belichick. No, 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 it's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Everybody says Bill Belichick. <laughs> so CBS Sports Network does a Bill Belichick legacy video, mm-hmm. and they put together things about his life, and they interviewed him for this, and it was a very interesting piece on a man who is very private, and you don't know a lot about him outside of his weird podium stuff. And he was talking about his father. And the way he pronounces his last name is a mind-blower. You ready? Let's hear it. Ready. My dad's name was Stephen Nicholas Belichick. 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 We can't go with that now. Why not? Because Belichick. Bill Belichick. (laughs) No. I can't do this. Belichick. No. Bill Belichick. No, no, it's no. It's easy. No. It rolls right off the tongue. Bill, Bill Belichick. Coach Belichick. You can't now at this point change it to Belichick. I mean, Belichick. This is what's freaking me out about it, right? So is he – well, first off, here's the question I'll ask. Is he just saying that because that's the way it's supposed to be pronounced right. wherever his family right. is Somewhere from? Somewhere in Eastern Europe, yeah. Or is that the way he always pronounces it? Because, for example, I've said this before – the way you're supposed to pronounce my last name, like if I go to Italy, it's Gianotte. That's okay. how you would say it. Right. Like they'd look at the name and go, oh, hello, Gianotte. What's up, Gianotte? No, Gianotte. Gianotte. Gianotte, yeah. What's up, Gianotte? But you come over here, it's Giannotti. You end up Americanizing right. it. Yeah, that's pronounce... what happened with Bill Belichick. Belichick. 
Belichick. Yeah, that's how it should be pronounced. But, of course, we Americanize everything. Okay. Yeah, so we have to stick with Belichick. Okay. All right, he's, good. He's, he's screwed. Good. No Belichick here. Because I was not going to do I wasn't going to do that. No. I wasn't going to cave into it's that It's Ben Belichick. Bama, you Belichick. We're going to call you Belichick. That's right. It's just All too right. It's too much. I'm too used to it now. Right. I was going to say, does he, I mean, does he call people when he's trying to make trades and stuff? Hey, it's Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. They probably, who? Wait, he does do that they now? They probably hang up. Yeah, you can't. But who? Yeah. Right. I mean, he should have he should have started this this crusade of having his name pronounced correctly. This crusade. He should have started this way back when he was an assistant coach, right? Yeah. Kind of like these guys was it it's Matthew Trubisky? Is that what he did? Mitchell. I mean Mitchell. Yeah. He went Matthew from Mitchell. would have been a way bigger departure. From, I know it was yeah. an M word. <laughs> I've imagined him up with Matthew Stafford. He went from Mitch to Mitchell. Yeah, well that's we, I mean we, that's we've had whatever. others who have corrected the pronunciation of their name after we called them something for two or three years of their collegiate career. Well, the dumbest one was the Mike Stan to Giancarlo Stan. And I still don't know the right pronunciation of that because Giancarlo. Yeah, but but everybody says Giancarlo. Uh, Giancarlo. I think it's Giancarlo Stan. Yeah. That's what I would prefer to say. But there's a lot of people who say Giancarlo. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. If I don't think he'd have as much success if he was Bill Belichick. <laughs> I don't think you can be as good as a Belichick, you know? Well, a Belichick made this Belichick, and look how he's turned out. But, I mean, Belichick. imagine, imagine stuff like this freaks me out. Belichick. Just imagine all these conversations. Like, that damn Belichick. Like, you know, he's always cheating that Belichick. I mean, no, that's not supposed to happen. This There's is like the alternate it. universe that we're not supposed to be in. Belichick. Oh, the greatest of all time. Definitely Brady and Belichick. Well, when he, ah! lo- when he loses a Super Bowl, he's Belichick. Ah! When he wins, he's Belichick. I can't take it, man. Belichick. No, stop. Yeah. Belichick. Belichick, like Sean Payton, he's Payton. Oh, he is yeah, now. Payton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe when he was raiding that uh, <laughs> painkiller closet, that's what he was. Um, <laughs> hey, man, just try Relief Factor, all right? 100% drug-free. <laughs> so some more serious news. And, you know, I, I don't want to speculate on this stuff because it's it's very serious, what's yeah. going on with Ryan Chazier. But, so I'll just say a couple of facts and some of the things I'm thinking, but I don't know. So yesterday, there's a huge departure from what we had heard about Shazier. We had heard that it was a spinal contusion. We had heard that he was going back to Pittsburgh and getting a UPMC facility because you know, they're some of the best in the, the country and in the world, and that no surgery was going to be needed. That was some of the reports that we had heard initially. And that it was going to see if the swelling went down and then things would be okay. This is the stuff that we were hearing. And then all of a sudden you saw reports of an update coming on Shazier. So many people, and I still follow a ton of people from Pittsburgh on Twitter, many people were making the assumption from the way that it was trending, from the little news that was out there, that this update was going to be a good update. He was back in Pittsburgh. You hadn't heard anything bad in a couple of days. But you still never heard officially if he had feeling in his legs or he could move his legs. You still never heard that officially from the team or any doctors. So then the update comes, and it's that he has indeed had surgery on his spinal cord. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. You know, the two doctors who performed the surgery, they mentioned that in the release, and the fact that he had the surgery and, you know, what it was. 
Well, that was all that was in there. So then, of course, wild speculation happens, and the Steelers aren't saying anymore. Those doctors aren't saying anymore. Then you have other doctors that are neurologists and people would deal with these things coming out and chiming in with their opinions. Some were more positive, some weren't. Then you had NFL insiders, some with bad prognostications and others with good ones. So I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows where it's going. But the thing that was really making me sick yesterday was he may not play football again. We don't. His season's definitely over. We don't know. Screw that stuff for the time being. Seriously, enough. I know we're so football obsessed mm-hmm. that we can't get over it, and that's how we know Ryan Shazier. There's a much more serious thing going on here right now, in my opinion, than whether or not you're going to see him in 2018 or right. if he can recover in time for the Super Bowl. Please, save it. There's sometimes you got to drop that stuff. This is one of those times. Right, and, and I recall the immediate reports being that – immediate surgery wasn't needed. And I didn't think he was out of the woods as far as having to have uh, an operation, uh, but it just wasn't imminent. And and so what you usually do with these spinal injuries, as we've seen in the past, yes, you have to allow the swelling to go down, and then you can get in and assess what's really going on. And, and so just watching him, uh, I agree with you, one, I'm not worried about his football career at this point, but just watching him, uh, when that occurred, when the incident occurred, uh, football was the first thing from my mind. I wanted to know if he could walk again. And lying there, not being able to move your legs, upper extremities, yes, uh, he was able to move them. Uh, but uh, the lower extremities, nothing uh, of that sort. So my concern was whether or not the young man's going to be able to walk again because football was out of the equation at that time, and I think it's still out of the equation. The, the, the main thing now and the main focus should be him getting healthy and being able to use his legs again. And it really does scare me, and this is where I'm not going to go crazy with this and speculate, but I do think that the fact that we have not heard that, that that's what most people that are paying attention to this want to know. That's the one thing that they want to know. Can he walk? Yeah. Does he have feeling in his legs so we can relax, so we can take a deep breath and say, okay, he's not going to be paralyzed? That information has not been out there yet. Not once yeah. have they said that. And you would think if he could, right, that they'd say that. So that's what's yep. really scary to me about this whole deal. So I, I, I don't know where it goes, but I know that for a fact he's in unbelievable care. I mean, you cannot get better care than, than what he's getting currently. I mean, that Joseph Maroon, one of the doctors that was a part of that surgery, I mean, he is world-renowned and someone who is so well-respected. So I, I know that much, but it is... I mean, it's as scary a thing as you could possibly watch in that game. And, you know, you have more injuries last night in Thursday Night Football. We went through the rest of that Steelers-Bengals game. You know, and that that, the rest of that game seemed worse. I really think it was a perception thing. You know, it seemed worse after we saw what happened to Shazier. I mean, those other hits, and I know there was another carting off of Perfect, but he ended up being okay. Right. Um, But those other hits just felt more violent. Because you were more vulnerable as a viewer after watching Shazier go through what he went through. Well, yeah, you see the Deion Jones on Alvin Kamara, and and, and that's a, a, a violent hit, and, and that's something that goes on uh, play after play in the NFL. But the difference is, is it was in the technique. And, and Deion Jones comes in, his head is up. And, yes, there's helmet-to-helmet contact. Head is up. And he drives on through Kamara and, and, and puts a, a well of a lick on him. 
and you go back to the technique in the Ryan Shazier hit, and it was just poor technique. Yeah. And that happens from time to time, and you just hope that you're lucky. I can recall a hit, and, and, and it you know, it, it, and it just reverberated throughout my body, and I just got lucky. I had a sore neck. That was it. Uh, but uh, sometimes you stumble into plays like that where you're not using the proper fundamentals. Coming up next, Jeremy Pruitt, more well-liked at Alabama than Lane Kiffin. We'll explain <laughs> why next on Gino and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. 